0: Trick or treat! Dikes are sweet. Give us something good to eat. If you don't, we don't care. We'll pull down your underwear. Just kidding. I'll tell you who's gonna pull down your underwear. Mildred Ratchet. That woman. Can someone tell me where she parks her broom? I need to go egg it. Well, folks, it's that spooky time of the year again. I hope you enjoyed this rerun of our annual Halloween special. Boo. Who's walking down the street on her beat Who's volunteering because she's so sweet Doris Anderson She's a lazy lady that you all want to meet She's sexy, she's sapphic She's Doris Anderson And she's in heat I'm Doris Anderson, and you're listening to In Heat, a community service podcast for self identified lesbians and anyone else out there who wants to support lesboween content. Vampires, werewolves, witches, goblins, and GBTQAI allies welcome. Happy Lesboween, everyone. This is our spooky holiday special where you'll have to watch out for a dykes that go bump in the night. Content warning, if you're one of those folks who get scared easily, keep your lights on while you're listening. During the month of October, who doesn't like a good old-fashioned scary story? Some people even love horror movies. And why is this? Well, you know, they say there's some kind of truth behind every ghost story. They say that horror movies are a safe way to examine our unconscious fears. I don't know about you, but I feel very underrepresented during the month of October with everyone gearing up for the 31st of the month. In fact, don't all of you self-identified lesbians out there feel completely erased from the world of horror and ghost stories? Does anyone out there think for one second that Chucky is gay? Does anyone think that Freddy Krueger is bisexual? And all of those campfire ghost stories, like the one about the couple making out on Lover's Lane and they both get strangled by the mysterious creeping hand, I'll bet you $20 that hand doesn't belong to a queer person. Look, everyone has a nightmare. Miss America is terrified a copy of that porn movie she made oh so long ago will surface. A computer systems analyst is afraid they will get caught playing fantasy football. Everyone knows a ventriloquist fear is losing their voice. But all of these things are so heteronormative. I know it's not an unconscious fear of mine that some axe murderer will burst through the door and chop me up while I'm wearing my best thong and having sex with some teenage boy. I know it's not an unconscious fear of mine that I'll accidentally marry a man and then get pregnant and then Give birth in the back of a burnt-out convenience store to a zombie baby because just hours before my water broke, I was bitten by a zombie. What are lesbians afraid of? Look, these are the kinds of nightmares that lesbians have. Lesbians are afraid that someone will T-bone their Volvo while they're driving to the WNBA playoffs. Lesbians fear getting old and being confined to a wheelchair. Because if they use public transportation, the minute the other riders on the bus hear those motors grinding to drop that wheelchair accessible ramp, they'll all hate you. Lesbians are terrified they're going to run into their ex with her new girlfriend while they are still single. In fact, one of my listeners, Susie, not her real name, wrote to me how she just broke up with her girlfriend of 20 years and she confessed that she's afraid of being alone for the rest of her life. Well, yes, that would be extremely disappointing, Susie. It's like a sailor, isn't it? It's like a sailor lost at sea for 50 years, 50 long years. Everyone else jumped ship decades ago, and she is the only sailor left. Until one night, when there's a full moon, the sailor looks over the bow and sees a mermaid in the ocean. A beautiful mermaid who is completely stacked and clearly has a steaming hot but jj, So hot and steamy that she can boil lobsters in it. And the sailor sees the mermaid making eye contact and swimming towards her. She sees the mermaid start to climb up the side of the ship, getting closer and closer. And the mermaid finally gets on deck and slithers over to the sailor. And the sailor braces herself, thinking she's going to have a transcendent sexual experience. And as the mermaid begins to unbutton the sailor's pants... The sailor sees the words tattooed across her chest, Visiting Angel. It's a visiting angel mermaid who has come to change the sailor's adult diaper, after which the mermaid leaves her little business card and then slips back into the ocean. Susie, that was an interpretive response to address your deepest fear. And now for a good old-fashioned campfire ghost story. Here goes. A high school student named Joni was a member of the Gay-Straight Alliance, which is how she landed her first babysitting gig, when someone in that group told her about a lesbian couple who were wealthy gallery owners and were looking for a babysitter. After an intense phone interview, Joni was hired to watch their two children while the couple went out for their weekly date night. As Joni entered the solar panel postmodern house, she was impressed with their small wind farm located in their enormous backyard. She thought the windmills looked pretty as they turned in the moonlight. Inside this dark white cavernous living room, she was surprised by the many sculptures. They actually did look like real vaginas and she had to touch the marble breast to assure herself they weren't real. After she put the kids to bed, Charlie and Bobby, who both had the same sperm donor from the most exclusive sperm bank, which only carried sperm of Mensa members, she went to watch TV in the upstairs bedroom. The parents asked that she watch TV in their bedroom because it was on the same floor as the kids' bedroom, and the children had been having nightmares recently. As she settled down to watch TV, she noticed in the corner of the bedroom a life-sized clown statue. It was creepy, she thought. Didn't seem to fit the style of their other artwork. Perhaps that's why it was moved into the corner of the bedroom. She tried to ignore it, but it was just too creepy. Finally, she called one of the moms to ask if she could watch TV downstairs instead. Sure, but why? The mom asks. Johnny replies, "That clown statue is just creeping me out too much." There is a pause. Get the kids out of the house now. We don't have a clown statue. How about that? <laughs> Scary, huh? And now a word from our sponsor. Unfortunately, we still don't have a sponsor, and I am wondering how all of these other podcasts get sponsors. Like Prime Junkies. They just have one sponsor after the next. I have to admit that I am a little jealous of those gals. The hosts, they have no shame. They give the gory details of the worst murders. I mean, I have some real-life hair-raising things, I can tell. Like, I used to live in this old, old apartment building. And I thought, by golly, I bet there's some antiques in that basement. But God, it looked like no one had been down there for decades because the door had five rusty locks on it and there was this foul smell lingering around it. And I was telling one of my more spiritual friends about how I suspected there were probably some forgotten antiques in the basement I'd love to get my hands on them and I bet I could finally get on the Antiques Roadshow. And my friend said, Why don't you go look to see if there are any antiques down there? And then my spiritual friend shared this positive affirmation with me. She said, Never be afraid to explore the unknown, because that is where the secrets lie. Then she wrote it on a post-it note and stuck it to the mirror on my bathroom medicine cabinet. So I thought that was that. So the next morning when I woke up, What was one of the first things I saw? That note, never be afraid of the unknown because that is where the secrets lie. Well, I immediately marched to the hardware store and bought a fire axe and came back to my building and broke the locks right off. And even though the only illumination was a sliver of light coming through a basement window, I took a big breath and ran down those stairs to discover some shallow graves. And though it gave me the willies, I just tippy-toed right over those bodies because I knew there was something unknown in the very back of the basement. And there it was! a little handmade rag doll from the turn of the century in near perfect condition and i knew this would finally give me a shot at getting on the antique road show do you get it the point of this real life story is not about the antique road show it's about a bunch of shallow graves here's a hint it was in the 1970s in a six floor walk up below 14th Street on the east side in New York City. Now, sponsors, can you imagine how many millions of crime junkies are going to download this podcast so they can solve this crime? Think about it. And that's been a word from our not-sponsor. And now, back to our program. Here's a slasher story for all you lesbians out there who are tired of seeing hetero horrors. This is a story of Wicked Woods Terror, a sapphic slasher story. Part 1 There was a group of girls from the local high school who decided to go on a one-night camping trip. They were young, supple, and not sophisticated enough to get their survival gear together. They went camping in pantyhose and stiletto heels, and they giggled. They giggled girly giggles while pouting out their lower lipstick lined lip. As they made their way down the trail, laughing at tampon jokes and walking on gravel, they kept slipping in their stiletto heels and falling down and skinning their knees. They weren't even aware that they hurt themselves, not because they were drunk, but because they were such sluts. They were naughty sluts, asking for it. And gosh durn! Were they ever gonna get it? They had to cross a river, and many of them fell in the water, so by the time they made it to the campsite, they were soaking wet. So wet that their nipples were showing. The girls all wanted to start a fire, so with their limited yet provocative knowledge, they rounded up some rocks into a circle and put a pile of twigs in the center. Luckily, Brandy, who was the first of all these girls to get her period, had a lighter. But the twigs were so damp she just couldn't get any of them to catch fire. They needed something else. Something more flammable. Something that wasn't wet. Well, guess who the one person who wasn't wet was? Matilda. The only girl who didn't fall into the river. Matilda was a nerd and prudish. In a goody two-shoes. And she was uptight. She was so uptight that she wore this crazy girdle. It was so thick, there was no way in hell anyone would ever see her nipples. In fact, it was so thick, it was practically a mattress. In fact, it had a warning tag on it that said, Keep away from flames. Matilda was ashamed of her body. Ashamed that she was so flat-chested. Needless to say, she stuffed tissues so it would look like she at least had modest breast. Because it was so obvious that Matilda stuffed, the other girls said, Hey, Matilda, give us some Kleenex so we can use it as kindling to light the fire. Matilda's first instinct was to say no. But she knew the other girls didn't really like her and she wanted them to like her. So she said, okay. And she reluctantly stuck her hand into her girdle and pulled out the tissue covering her left breast. And when the tissue was removed, all the girls could see her nipple through the fabric of her T-shirt, blouse, sweater, and windbreaker. So then they said, "Give us the rest of the Kleenex," leering at Matilda's chest. And Matilda pulled out the rest of the Kleenex and wondered, "Is this it? Is tonight the night where one of those orgies she had heard about would take place? And would she get to be part of it? By the looks on those other girls' faces." The answer was yes. The giggling gang of girls lit the Kleenex on fire and dropped it on the pile of twigs that went up like a flash. A flashback. Matilda had a flashback. A flashback to the time she was in fourth grade, and it was Halloween. So, of course, all the kids wore their costumes to school for the Halloween party. Matilda went to the party dressed as a sailor. And several other children asked her, Are you a girl or a boy? And Matilda thought, They can't recognize me in this costume. But then it slowly dawned on Matilda what her classmates had been waiting to ask her all year long. But Halloween made it seem like it was an innocent question. What they really wanted to ask was, Are you a lesbian? And in Matilda's heart of hearts, she knew she was a lesbian. Though she didn't quite know exactly what a lesbian was, she knew whatever it was. It was her. Matilda burst into tears and ran out the door of the school and ran all the way home. And as she was running, she made sure she was on the other side of the street. As she passed that house, that house on 1369 Oak Road. She tried not to look at the words that were spray-painted on that house, oh, so long ago. Dyke. Leslie, Carpet muncher. Spinster. And even though she wasn't looking, she could see these words from her peripheral vision, and it made her eyes sting. You see, years ago, there was a reclusive older lesbian who lived at 1369 Oak Road. The townsfolk referred to her as that old butch lady. And every now and again, a young mother from the neighborhood would disappear. Up and vanish. Husbands never knew if they came home from work, if their wife was going to be there or not. And then, someone was murdered. It was Genevieve. One night, the neighbors could hear Genevieve screaming from inside that house. And they all formed an angry mob and stormed the house with pitchforks, baseball bats, and flashlights. They kicked in the front door, and there they found Genevieve, headless. But there was no sign of that old butch lady. They just found a pair of Doc Martens, a fine selection of peas, and one marijuana plant. However, the back door was hanging open, and one could only guess that old butch lady has escaped and was now living in the woods. The woods were Matilda and the slutty girl's had just started a campfire. Someone pulled out half a pint of whiskey and was passing it around. It's it's getting dark, Matilda warned. Want to play strip poker? Asked one of the slutty girls. Their eyes were wild because they knew Matilda didn't know how to play poker, and once they got a look at her nipples, they weren't going to take no as an answer. Plus, they had to get started soon because it was going to take many hands of poker just to even get down to Matilda's girdle. As the cards were being dealt, it slowly dawned on Matilda that they were in the very spot where every Halloween since that old butch lady disappeared, a dead body was found. In a panic, Matilda pulled her day timer out of her knapsack and frantically flipped through it. Today was October 31st. She had lost all sense of time due to her excitement of being asked to join these girls. Hey, hey, everyone, it's Halloween, Matilda could barely say loud enough to be heard. We know, said Brandy. That's why we're here, to party. But every Halloween someone is murdered here, Matilda stuttered. Oh, that's just an urban legend, said Cassandra. Don't be such a baby. Matilda was shocked Cassandra said that, since she was, after all, the daughter of the late Headless Genevieve. But your mom, Matilda started to say, shut up. I don't want to talk about that, Matilda. Are you going to show us your tits or not? Matilda was about to answer when a great horned owl swooped over the campsite. All the girls screamed, and then they all sighed with relief and had a good laugh. Matilda was so relieved and so giddy, she unzipped her windbreaker. When suddenly, from out of nowhere appeared the old butch lady. And boy, she was really old by now. So old, she could barely pull the starter handle on her chainsaw. End of part one. Folks, I'm sorry to say you'll have to wait till Halloween 2022 for part two. But don't you just love a good cliffhanger? Whew. And this brings us to the end of our program and our Pet of the Week. The Pet of the Week is brought to you by the Alphabet City Cat Rescue and Shelter, where we're always looking for volunteers to help our furry friends. Because Lesbo Ween is upon us, I would like to spotlight a cat named Wampus. Wampus is a 15-pound beautiful silver and black American short hair cat. He's neutered and also dead. I found out about Wampus through an email from one of my lonelier listeners. She writes, Dear Doris, It has been one year since the passing of my beloved cat Wampus, but sometimes it feels like he's still prowling the house. I know that can't be possible because I buried him myself in the backyard. It all started about six months ago when I heard a barely audible meow coming from the bathroom. And, of course, nothing was there. Things started to escalate when I came home from work one day and found the kitchen cabinet door hanging open. And every day afterwards, there would be something amiss. A plant knocked over. A dead mouse in the bathtub. But then one day after work, I smelled something from behind the couch. I looked, and there was a pile of fresh animal feces. I thought raccoons had gotten into the house. And then the next day, I came home. I opened the door and stepped into the living room and saw a pile of cat doo-doo in the middle of the Persian rug. I screamed and ran out the door. And the neighbors called in an EDP, and the cops showed up, and they were kind enough to go inside my house and look around. But when they came out, they said, Lady, we didn't see any excrement. And I said, Are you kidding me? And I ran inside, and it was gone. Is there such a thing as ghost poo? Is wampus, my sweet wampus, haunting my house? Doris, can you please help me? Sincerely, Celeste You know, spirits hang around when they have something unresolved they need to communicate before they are at peace. Celeste, nothing says, pardon my French, fuck you from the grave like a phantom turned in the middle of the rug. There is definitely something that is keeping wampus from passing over. So I'm going to hold a seance right now to try to make contact with the spirit of Wampus to see if he has a message. But before I do that, I want you to know that I am in no way a professional clairvoyant or fortune teller or visionary. I am just an ordinary person like yourself who Googles directions on how to hold a séance. However, unlike yourself... I am a person who has volunteered for cat rescues and shelters for decades. I've seen it all. (laughs) So, I'm prepared to be a medium and hopefully make contact with the spiritual world. Technically, you're supposed to have at least three people at a seance, but it's really hard to get people on board about this. Now, I'm lighting a candle, and I have prepared an enticing sardine. I'm reaching out to Wampus the cat. Please join us when you're ready. I'm reaching out to Wampus the cat. Please join us when you're ready. Here, kitty, 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 kitty. Wampus the cat, please join us when you're ready and make your presence known. Meow. Thank you for joining us. What a good kitty you are. Good kitty. Wampus, your human Celeste thinks you have a message for her. Oh. Oh. Wampus says he loves you. He says he misses sleeping with you. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. All right. I think I understand. Okay. All right. Celeste, Wampus just wants you to know that you did not clean his litter box daily. And because of that, he had to poop on top of poop. Okay. Yes. Yes, I'll tell her. Celeste, Wampus says you would never poop in the toilet and not flush it, and then come back again the next day and poop on it again and still not flush it, and then come back one more time to poop and then maybe, maybe flush it. Wampus, I'm sure Celeste is very sorry and would do anything to make it up to you, to free your spirit, what do you want Celeste to do? Hmm. Sure. Yes, Celeste. Wampus wants you to adopt a cat from a cat rescue, and what? <gasps> he also wants you to foster guinea pigs because he likes the way they smell. Anything else, Wampus? <gasps> oh. Oh. Oh, oh, Oh. Wampus is passing over to the other side. (gasps) Thank you, Wampus. You'll never be forgotten. Whew. Ah. Celeste, I'll shoot you an email and I will connect you with the Alphabet City Cat Rescue and Shelter and your local guinea pig rescue. Well, that's all for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this Lesboween special. If you did, please like us on Facebook or pay a visit to our website, www.in-heat.com. That's also where you can read a complimentary blog post that accompanies today's show. I'm your host, Joris Anderson, and you've been listening to In Heat.